Show presents Scratch It Track. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch Track Podcast presented by The Dude and Grim Show. I am The Dude. And I'm Grim. And today we are going to go into some somewhat uncharted territory and we are going to talk about Depeche Mode's 1987 album, Music for the Masses. And Deuteronomy, this is one that you know, we I brought to the table. there's yeah, there's a lot of them that we know because they've kind of been with us, so to speak, throughout our lives, or at least a lot of them. But this is one that had not been with me. I mean, I've been aware of and listened to some Depeche Mode. I think I, I think I probably listened to Violator, which is I believe their most popular album, and I think that was like 1990. But I didn't okay. know this one, um, and it was. Uh, we'll talk a lot about this, but it was it was pleasant to get to know it, and you can hear so much influence. I think in this record oh. that that we'll talk about as it translates. But how did you yeah. come yeah. about learning? Is there any shout outs we need to know about for oh. Depeche Mode's music for the masses? There, yes, well, there is a shout out. Um, good friend of mine, Shalee. Um, she brought this album to my attention. She's a big fan of theirs. Brought this album to my attention. I'd say probably, I mean, probably a while ago. But then I'm, of course, a little lame sometimes when people suggest music to me, and I'm like, I'm oh, I'll listen same. to it. I'll listen to it, or I download it, and then I never get to it. And then I put it on, man. And right from the first song, I dug it because I think maybe I, I had heard Depeche Mode a little bit, uh, seen a lot of their music videos. So Anton Corbin, again, one of our music video directors. Okay. That's, that's, I thought that was, that was him. And as we talked about him before, that's, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So he did, he did for this album, he did songs for never let me down again. And, or wait, no, no, I'm sorry. Strange love as well as be, as well as behind the wheel. Um, so I had seen some of their, their music videos. I think he did, almost all of them because on the back of his his dvd there's like four or five songs i think um so he's he's been kind of their go-to music video person so i had been familiar with that um some of those songs but never really delved into the albums and i i for some reason it was recommended music for the masses and then uh i believe the album before this which was black celebration were recommended i don't know why i chose this one but i did and dude i put it on and and something just really really resonated with me right away, and I've I I put this on album on a lot now. I really dig it. Yeah, um, I know. I, I like it too. And, and it's yeah. it's such a different. I, I mean, I guess I listen to some music that could be considered kind of like new wave ish, right? Yeah, but it doesn't come on the rotation as regularly as as some of the other stuff. But I, I really. I found this 
this album quite pleasant, so much so that I wore my Moog synth t-shirt. Even though, yeah. even though I don't think any you know, Moogs were Moog. harmed in the making or used <laughs> in the making of this album. They right. had, synths right. had kind of moved into a different direction at that time, and everything was digital, which was... There were things yeah. you could do with digital since then that you couldn't do with analog since. So that's how they could get these elaborate loops and everything and, and translate it into a live show. Because when you look at videos of their performance, I mean, it's like two guys on synths, the singer, and then a guy who sings and like plays the guitar play sometimes. A little guitar. Yeah. 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 And plays some guitar sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. If you well, were to like pick up a magazine of like the best guitarist in rock and roll i don't think he'd be on there but what he did worked really well for the band and i i mean they they had a great sound have yeah, a man, great sound. the chips yeah yeah, yeah. So, well they i mean they're one of these they're an amazingly iconic band and i'm i'm actually surprised or maybe not surprised that i haven't really delved into them as much um but i definitely plan to some more and like you said i mean they had some i mean they have dude 54 songs on the uk singles chart and 17 top 10 albums i mean that's they've sold more than 100 million records worldwide that is insane dude well i think a lot of it's in europe too because i know some of my colleagues that i would talk music with um in europe i mean that that was a band that that like they would bring up you know, right. like like it was yeah. a big band for them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know Depeche Mode, but I would be like, have you ever heard of Radiohead? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but anyways, well, I mean, it, I just think that they had a bigger foothold and they talked about you also brought to the table a really good documentary about the recording of this album. And I think they talked yeah. about that. Uh, was it Strange Love was like the hit that really brought him out of the fringe in the u.s and more mainstream yeah i think it might have been strange love oh gosh i think it was because i think it was and it was the first single off the album as well yeah so i think that 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 really did it and and you know we both talked a little bit about the tour that they were on in the u.s yeah and this is a big kinda, deal it's kind of when this when this album came out, but they were playing, you know, I know we joke about, again, about Spinal Tap. They were playing 2000 Cedar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were playing. Yeah. I don't know. It may have been more than that. Like theaters. We're not playing. Yeah. They're playing yeah. theater style, not stadiums. But then to basically wrap up the tour, they did. I believe, was it a free concert? I think it might've been. Free. I don't know if it was free, but it sounds like they, were they with the Pet Shop Boys? Is that how it worked? Like they got in with them a little bit. on that show, a little bit, and, and they ended the Pet up Shop Boys playing to over, up, yeah, and over 70,000 oh, 70, yeah. at the Pasadena yeah. Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah, which well, and, is a, a big place. <laughs> yeah, and the one and and they and I think they said like prior to that concert, there hadn't that hadn't been a music venue in like ten years or something. For a, so for a while, yeah. yeah so when they play there. It's like the PA is different than what they're used to. The I'm sure the sound coming back to them was a lot different too. So, and then of course yeah, there's the whole business of an, they couldn't hear themselves. Actually, yeah, and, yeah. and then there's basically an electrical storm that that happened to go on in the middle <laughs> of their set. But I listened. Yeah. They did do a great job recording that concert, and mm-hmm. 
can you download so you can download it's an actual album yeah it's it's on i was i found it on spotify and it was it was that pasadena rolls bowl concert and it was i mean boy for not hearing themselves they definitely were pretty in tune with what they should be doing live because i thought the live show translated a lot better than i than i would have thought i mean it was it was quite it was good it was very good yeah well that's cool well, and um, they did make a documentary. I think it's called like Depeche Mode 101 or something like that. And uh, D.A. Pennebaker, he's the one who directed it. He also did Bob Dylan's. Um, yeah. I, I bl- gosh, I always forget the name of it because I get them all mixed up because the Scorsese one, I think, is No Direction Home. I want to say his might be bringing it all back home or Don't Look yeah. Back. No, his is sorry. His is called oh, Don't yep, Look Back. Yep. Uh, his documentary. On, Didn't he on also Dylan, do so. the one about the stones that you have, too? That was the Maisel's brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe he the gimme gimme shelter. Yeah, that's Albert Albert and someone Maisel's. I, I think yeah. I'm saying the last name right, but um, but yeah, Penny Baker. He does. He's his documentaries are a little more. Di- they're a little different. A little more fly on the wall type. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's know, that's cool. You know, so, but I, I guess you could say "Gimme Shelter" is similar to that as well. You know, not your like sit down interview. Tell us, yeah. about, You know, not that kind of stuff. But, Rubbish. Um, Yes, rubbish. But so, <laughs> I guess maybe going into um, the, I don't know, well, the album, it was well-received by by critics, but it wasn't critically acclaimed kind of right out of the gates. It, it was yeah. one of those ones that kind of, it needed to be around for a little bit, and people look back on it. Um, well, it's you know, crazy. It, it's it's, their, it was their sixth album. Their sixth album, I know. I know. So, um their producer was Daniel Miller. He had been their producer on, I think, the previous this three albums. But I don't think he was really he was really jiving with the way that uh, their music uh, yep. direction was going. So he kind of took a side a little sidestep, and I think he wanted to work with some other bands and other other projects. So um, it was, I guess, I, I couldn't find you know too much info like on the tension. But in 2007, uh, uh, Black Celebration, it was released with a bonus DVD that we talked about a little bit that in, included a documentary on it. And yeah. I tried to order this. I tried to order this DVD. I got on Amazon. I ordered it um, or, or the special edition album with the DVD. And then I got an email like two, I don't know, 10 minutes later saying it did Not say out gonna, of stock, but then it, it said, yeah, it, like, we can't. It, sorry, here's it was your like, money uh, back. It's not going <laughs> to work here anymore. It's not going to work here anymore. So then, so then, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I Googled it, and somehow I got on, like, a Depeche, a Depeche Mode Brazil page <laughs> and was able to find the documentary. And the documentary itself is a great title. And I think it was a little bit of a, a, a shot at Daniel Miller and the title yeah. of the documentary really long is the songs aren't good enough. There aren't any singles and it'll never get played on the radio. That's the title of the documentary about the making of this album. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> called um, sometimes you need new jokes or was that just like oh. the tagline? Because I know one of the band members Maybe and the producer, they say that too. Sometimes you need new jokes because then they, they worked as you said, they kind of abandoned working with Miller, and then they worked with David Bascombe, who had worked with Tears for Fears and Peter Fears. Gabriel. Pretty formidable uh, players I've in heard the of game. Them. Yeah, at that time. <laughs> I was actually just watching some Peter Gabriel videos with Lucy today. Dude, the claymation oh, wow. in them 
We need to do an episode on that because, dude, the claymation and the animation <laughs> in those videos are is really oh, trippy. Awesome. Well, it we'll, makes we'll the beginning in. of brain donors look like was, a child's <laughs> oh, finger painting. But it's pretty good. I was going to yeah, say we need is. to tie that in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, basically, yeah. Started working with a new producer and recorded the album. They went on tour. And I, for me, I... At least they described this album as uh, electronic metal. That's the I know. Way they I, I was going to bring that up, it. which I, I don't hear the metal, but I can hear the precursor for what I would call electronic metal, which is like nine inch nails and nails. your, your oh. industrial stuff. You know. Well, it, yeah, you were talking about. Uh, you said in the beginning how this kind of influenced um, some of the music. And, and that's what happened when I was mm-hmm. listening to it. And we'll talk once we go through some tracks. There's some real things that stand out for me. But Nine Inch Nails being one of my favorite bands. Um, once I started listening to this, I was like, wow, Trent really got influenced on some things here. And I I really like I wouldn't say he copied. I like the direct. I like his influence in the direction that he took it. You know. Yeah. But you it. can hear the influence for sure. And yeah, I, I thought that absolutely. was cool because I noticed. I mean, you would kind of talked to me about that prior to but it was i think had you not said anything i would have heard the same you know because it's it's really it's cool it's there Uh, yeah 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 well um maybe before we get into the tracks i did want to talk about the album cover a little bit i'm Um, glad you brought that up because i did yeah it's and the title itself because i think that They, I, I like the fact that they, you know, it, it almost sounds pretentious, but to them it was a real big joke because they felt their music was so like underground that a lot of people wouldn't get it. So yeah, I, I, I loved, and he got the thing from a classical record. He said one of the one of the guys said that the title because it was called Music oh, for the Millions, it? and yeah, and then okay. he he yeah. he found that title amusing because he's like millions of people are not going to listen to this record and so they right. kind of adapted it for their own which I, I thought is is funny yeah. and I like the fact that it's not like they take themselves that you know they can see the humor in it well it, it, they were kind of poking fun at everybody and it kind of give them a little bit of a middle finger too because mm-hmm. so many people were telling them including I think their uh, their their producer who they moved on from uh People wanted them to make their music more commercial, make it more yeah. music for the masses, right? Yeah. And they were like, "Look, this is not this is not what we're doing or what we're into." So, the album cover for those of you who haven't seen it, basically, it's it's really interesting because it's it's like a it's just like a landscape picture of these loudspeakers with a great kind of sunset sky behind it, and. Um, just I think out it, into it, everywhere, you know. Yeah, in, in the documentary, I think they described it really well. One of the members, where it's they they describe them as kind of propaganda t- type yeah. speakers, and yes, and that's what's that's what stood out to me. It was almost kind of like I can imagine it in like a like a utopian society, like something like in the Hunger Games, where you know where they are like making announcements and stuff like that. But another scene in a movie yeah, that actually too, really. That 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 really stood out to me is if you remember in the Shawshank Redemption when Andy Dufresne he plays the music for all the prisoners. Oh and yeah, he takes the yeah. microphone, and so they have all the prisoners in the big you know in their I guess you call it the the yard is the what yard. you would call it, yeah. and they Three hear they weights. hear the music. Yeah, they hear the music over that, and so so seeing this kind of reminded me of that uh-huh. a little bit, and so uh, and and yeah, I think the title of the album the title really fits the album because it's 
you know, it's a way to spread and play the music for masses of people. And it was also just a little poke like, hey, all right, well, you guys wanted music for the masses. Here you go. So here you go. Um, yeah. Put yeah. this in your pipe and vape it. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> vape it. Vape it, bra. So vape it, bra. tracks. Getting into the tracks. Getting into the tracks. Starting off. Well, and this is, again, an album. So side one. We start off with uh, Never Let Me Down Again. And for me, I just, I love the way, this is a great song to start the album, man. It's, yep, it's, just, it's, just get that pump boom. of the kick drum, you know? That's right. Dude, but it's it, it's a really strong kind of bold song. And I noticed they, at least on this album, they they kind of mix it up a little. They go from like a bolder song. All of them have like yeah. a real kind of dark feeling and i think that's what appealed to me when i heard this yeah is is they it's not not in like an evil kind of sense but a mysterious strong kind of feeling and that's where i get sort of that industrial feel i guess you Uh would want to say right um but as soon as i put this song on and i heard it i was like okay i like this yeah like i just knew that that i liked it yeah i felt the same um, thing when i when i started it up the first time i mean i've listened to it several times since then which i guess was kind of good that we kind of got delayed and we may have had some technical difficulties with an episode or two along the way maybe we re-recorded one but that gave me more time with the album because like i said i this was this wasn't one that had been in my regular rotating catalog since the age of the tender age of whatever you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree it's it's it was good to i'd probably been listening to this album now consistently for i'd say four months three or four months now um and it's 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 awesome and i'm glad i had that kind of time to mm-hmm. uh, you know i haven't had years like some people but um, but it's it's great. I'm really I'm glad I I had that time to let it kind of sink in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah. So I I definitely like this song. I, I love the you know it's got a good. There's even like a piano that kind of comes in at mm-hmm. parts that's really strong. Uh, the vocals have that. I, I I will say there's like a standard stereotypical kind of 80s vocal sound and it it has it and and one thing i wanted to ask you about i I feel like a lot of vocals in the 80s have a lot of i don't know maybe it's a reverb or echo but it makes it sound so so deep yeah Um, and there's There's a lot of bands that kind of have that there's a sound there is but i also think that there um I also think that there's that sort of a, a, a echo in, in to, to all of 80s music. I mean, it's in the drums and I, I don't know. It, it just it was just part of the sound of that time, you know, love it or hate yeah. it. I mean, I think it was just it was just one of the things. But dem things. Yeah, dem things. So, yeah, um, I, I, I think actually the the first thing three songs not that i'm going to skip over um the second things one which said. is things you said uh but i feel like the first three songs start the album out really strongly dude because um, I, I think I'm, things, so, I'm so glad you said that like, i yeah. couldn't agree more things you said is is a really good song um and of course they're all kind of they all kind of and, and they do talk about this in the the documentary as well but that they're they're all a lot of it's about like uh human relationships and you can you can hear that <laughs> very like, much so like somebody got very burned so. or something yeah and 
when I was sitting down and listening to and really kind of looking at the lyrics, it, that is very prevalent. A lot of it is about relationships and people and not just not just love, but you, I think also about yeah. friendships and, and things well, and, like that. Yeah. And it, to me, you you had brought up how it kind of reminds you of industrial and like Nine Inch Nails and sort of things. And I mean, I feel like that music also has similar you yeah. know, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, this song, I like how it has, um, you know, it goes from kind of, uh, you know, we start off with a little more, I don't know if it's say upbeat, but a strong, bold song. And then this song uh, is more with, um, I guess it's 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 a slower, it's again, dark song, but it has this kind of mystical sort of eerie feeling to it. But mm-hmm. also one thing, one thing I picked up on, and I don't know if you re- remember this, um, and there's a small part in this song that has a real Koyanis Katsi feeling to me. There's a yes. Philip Glass. Well, and, and, he, and they one said, of the guys I, said he was listening to a lot of Philip Glass. Philip yeah. Glass. Which, yeah. I, which around this time, I forget what year. I mean, Koyanis Katsi came out before 87. I'm pretty sure. I want to say it was mid-80s. Um, and so I'm sure they had, you know, see, 1982, so I'm sure I'm wonder when Pawakatsi was. Um, it says '83 still, is the release to okay. Koyanis. So I mean, okay, Pawakatsi especially was if eight release. Yeah. If these guys, so. if these guys liked Philip Glass just as a composer, I would think you'd be safe to assume that if they didn't see the movie, I would guess they heard the soundtrack. But whether sure. you did or not, sure. I mean. Philip Glass's music, I think, is pretty recognizable due to the way he composes with a lot of arpeggiation. And I mean, we were watching a TV show the other day and um, my my wife, Lisa, was like, I I think this is like Philip Glass did the music for this. And I mean, like, yeah, it's very by no means. She's not like what I'd call someone who's really into like minimalist music, but he's kind (laughs) of broken through that. You know what I mean? So like people know him who aren't necessarily just into minimalist composers. Yeah, totally. Well, moving on to uh, the third track, which again is another, another strong one. The first single off the album is, is strange love. And this is, this might be my favorite song on the, it's tough. I think between strange love and never let me down again. Those are my two favorite, but this is, this is when I first heard this, I was like nine inch nails, terrible lie. Like it's that. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. It has that, that thing in the back there and that it was just so, you know, so distinct. It really, it really stood out to me, but, but again, it's, it's an up, it's an upbeat. I say to tempo is upbeat, but it still has all those, those darker tones to it. I know. I really wish there was more. They would have went into more of the, the drums that they used. Because it's not, I don't think there's any kit drumming in the album at all. And I mean, you know, you had only a handful of like real big drum machines that were like the big deal at the time, which you had the Lind drum uh, module, which is really recognizable. And I'm sure it's got to be on here. And then, you know, your roll and stuff like your TR-808 and 909, but... I think because as I listen to it, a lot of these songs tend to gravitate more toward the ones that sound like real drums 
where some of the rolling stuff doesn't that's where you get like your techno in your house and the beginning sure. of like hip-hop beats from but these i think they they wanted to sound more like real drums and they, they did a good job but they're they're all programmed you know what i mean like when you hear right. it yeah. you know yeah i mean there's a part of me that's like so if they're doing that for the live sh- i mean when they were doing that live is that is someone on stage doing that or is that like an off stage thing that they Dude, just it could start be anything playing like the track a lot of them especially by 87 you could save patches so right. you could have like okay well Dude, when I hit number two here, I know it's going to be strange love. And then you just hit start, yeah. stop, and it just goes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I don't know what they could have had uh, because I'm I'm guessing some of the synths they had could probably sample things too and use it for a loop. And maybe they say I I don't know. I wish they would have went into more of the technical stuff. But then again, you'd have me and a handful of other nerds who would care about that, and everyone else wouldn't. So well, maybe not care, but find it interesting. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. We go to track four, Sacred. Again, you know, going now that's a little slower song. It, it starts off slower, but then it does pick up. Yeah. Um, and it, it has a, I guess, I, I always, I describe a lot of their stuff as like having that mystical feel. And I guess I say that because it's kind of darker and a little more, I don't know, just a little dreary, but well, industrial too. And so, especially yeah. this, cause it's, uh, it's talking kind of about like religion and I think like a missionary kind of, um, yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. Uh, something like, about, was some, like walking on hallowed ground and, you know, yeah, using yeah. lyrics like that. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. The lyrics seem to be about, you know, someone going out kind of seeing the world, interpreting it and then describing mm-hmm. it or putting it out there for others. Um, but not necessarily like some dude standing on a street corner with a megaphone, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. So, yeah. um, then we go track five, little 15, the, the lyrics I found are very in, uh, kind of interesting. It, it does seem to be, about I, I couldn't figure out what they were about, honestly. Uh, it, it, so I don't know if it is about someone uh, who is actually 15 years old. Um, it, I think it, I guess it could be. That's what I would think. But so it sounds like that person has e- experienced some bad stuff or some bad stuff has happened to them and they kind of can't get away. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time, it's, it's, you know, this kind of relaying that this won't be like you, your whole life. There, there is, there is hope or there is a future, but you just kind of, you know, trying to get over that hump and, and, and get through get it away from, yeah, get away from where you are. And, you know, it doesn't really necessarily say whether the, you know, the struggles are internal, external or both, but bottom line is she needs to get out is, is yeah, kind of how yeah. I, um, but the song, yeah, the, uh, um, they said that they recorded it last because they kind of didn't know what to do with it so they kept putting it off um well and i can see that because the way they they kind of break up the arpeggios and and i think they put them in stereo like parts of them so i can see where this would create a little bit of a a challenge in that regard but i mean it it certainly came out fine yeah absolutely um then we go ahead we're gonna flip to side two yeah, and uh, behind the wheel, one of their definitely more popular songs off the album. I forget it, it was a single. 
I don't know what number it was or if I have that down here. I not that I don't know if it's really that important, but but they basically said this song has four repeating chords. Yeah, um, I, I thought that was he compared it to one of those optical illusion staircases like, where as soon as like you think Escher, you're to the top, like an Escher yeah. drawing or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like a staircase where <clears> you don't get anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. just keep going. Keep going. No, um, but I like that one and it's it's yeah. Like the other it, person's it, driving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> his his analogy does make sense because there is that repetition, and the repetition with the synth, it, to me, it has like a very like robotic type feel. To oh it. yeah. Very mecha- Very again. Very mechanical. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as far as the lyrics go, I kind of took them to mean just just a person who they just don't want to be in charge anymore. Basically, saying you know I'd rather not be the one behind the wheel. Yeah. But come pull pull my strings. You'll watch me move. Like hey, I, I'll be your puppet. Is basically what yeah. he's kind of saying there. And and Corbin uh, did the again did the music video. Oh, is it, okay. Their third single from mm-hmm. the album. So um, so Corbin did the 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 music video for this as well. And uh, again very black and white and stuff yeah so it's fair they they, they definitely have a theme um, they do it, it, a lot of leather it, 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 a lot of leather a lot of leather a lot of leather yeah you know again spinal like, tap like black leather the black yeah. leather so <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's interesting this is this is one of their most popular songs and i think the one uh, one that people i think really like the most and for me i'm just when I look at the whole album, I'm like, geez, this, this might be my fourth or fifth favorite song on the album yeah. compared to some of them that I like. So yeah. that's, again, that's just, that's just me. So no, I, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's okay. Moving on, Grim. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. I want you now. I want the only, you know, the, what stands out to me about this is the, the breathing, right? The, the breathing in the song. And I love yeah. how the producer talks about, they just had an accordion and you can hit a button on the accordion and it just allows you to, to open up, to open it and close it and get the it? air moving back and forth. Uh, dude, that was like, it's so crazy. Like that's what that sound is. I know. Isn't it? Like, it's so crazy, but also they seemed like the rhythm section, like the rhythm of the song, they almost basically made beats. Like out of the moaning and breathing, it seems like. Well, right? yeah, and, that's, and that's that would be my is. guess is that you get like whatever your BPM is, and then you just practice getting to know that, and so you know, uh, and then, or just put it, yeah. But there are different then different people kind of breathe and moan, and there's certain sounds throughout the song that kind of add other layers of, yeah. of kind of the, the beats and the rhythm. It just, it just seemed kind of cool, but the the song is very sort of minimal other than that. I mean, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is, but it, it does have that kind of dark sort of sexy feel to it. And it's, Most it's pretty, it's pretty direct. You know, I want it you is. now tomorrow, tomorrow won't do. I mean, it doesn't leave yeah. a whole lot of room for interpretation and that's okay. <laughs> no, or a lot of time really. I mean, no, yeah, depending <laughs> yeah. on what time you got about, 12 8 to 12 hours max there and that's that's it that's it um moving on all right to have it and to hold hold. track number eight uh again this is it seems pretty straightforward from a lyrical perspective it's kind of the opposite of the other one yeah this is more of a wholesome approach yeah it's, it's their redemption song. Like, hey, yes. I need to be cleansed, make amends, <laughs> yeah. damage is done. I need forgiveness. Uh, just 
yeah, it's it's got a medium tempo to it, but again, uh, they they're very consistent about just kind of having a strong like bold sound to to a lot of their songs and their music. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> the next song, nothing, nothing. This dude, this might be. I struggle on what my favorite songs on the album are. This might actually be my favorite song, but I really? can't decide yet. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, it has a cool, just cool feel to it. It actually reminds me the, the beat and the tempo reminds me of, uh, the song dead souls. Uh, and I forget who oh, that was dead on the crow song is originally by, because I know nine inch nails. Yeah. Oh, who, well, nine inch I, nails covered it, but oh. I, I think it's a cover. I, that I did not know. Um, Welcome to the covers face off. And then. yeah, it is on the crow soundtrack. Well, maybe it's, not, maybe it's just from the crow soundtrack. Um, oh yeah, was it Dead Souls or maybe it's a difference? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Dead Souls. No, Joy, I, Joy Joy Division. Joy Division originally did it. Oh, well, then that's. Let me yeah. update the spreadsheet real quick. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, uh, dude. Covers face off. Yep. Here we go. Boom. Yes. Awesome. That is good. Well, I'm glad we just ran through that little exercise. But there is a part of it, for some reason, really reminded me of uh, of that song, at least more of the Nine Inch Nails version. But uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, um, you know, you didn't know when you woke up today. <laughs> good, good. There's some good lines. Um, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just one of my favorite songs on the album. It, you know, it's it's. Whereas, like to have and to hold, and I think one of the what are the one of the other songs we talked about, even like Little Fifteen, are uh, were a little more the things you said, a little more stripped down. This one is is definitely more more full, like bigger, um, yeah, yeah. And again, it, it it does have that Nine Inch Nails feeling to me. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the final track, Pimp. You my pimp. I don't understand <laughs> what that means. I don't know either. Yeah. But um, again, oh, this is a meaning. There is a meaning. Oh, wow. What is it? Interesting. Um, it was a slang word for any member of the German youth movement. So like the Hitler youth. That was really? a slang term for yeah, one of the little boys or who was wow. Huh. Interesting. So it's meaning wow. in upper German or like high German. Proper German is boy or little rascal or you know, whatever. Rap scallion is, is another term that boy. I saw. But that's interesting. I I would not have guessed that, but at least it makes sense. I just figured they liked putting the F at the end of it, but Yeah, totally. Well, I like the, it. I think it's a good way to go kind of end it. Wrap it up. Wrap yeah. It up. And yeah. so interestingly enough, though, when they did do that concert, they started the concert with this with as it. like, and, and I, I thought that like was, that. that was, I did too. Yeah. It was a good yeah, song to kind of introduce, you know, to kind of like well, walk out it, to. It has this, it has this just like epic kind of mm-hmm. sound to it. Uh, and you, if you've, heard it obviously that it starts off with the kind of the eerie piano and then it yep. slowly builds up and then there's this big just dramatic drum that in well, the background those right? are yeah there's timpanis in there and i i thought it was interesting that the the producer said 
that the the studio they used you was in Paris and it used to be a theater. And when they went in the theater, there was still a piano and a lot of these symphonic instruments in there, which were like the timpanis. And they ended up using those instruments on this song. And he was he said it was perfect because it was just all like right there. And so right. I would imagine that kind of helped in making the song what it was because you're going to see that stuff lying around and probably have a go Just at it. use it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, the song builds to that kind of choir chant, which is... Yeah. Is is almost it, it has a real just kind of like dark feeling like which, part of me is like now that you know the meaning, I, I feel like it sounds like what the meaning of that word is. Definitely, you know, yeah. Well, then the song ends and there's like a there's like a dead space, and then it there's like the final twenty seconds. They call it like a hidden track, and it says like the hidden track like Mission Impossible, but. I didn't. It, it doesn't sound like Mission Impossible to me. <laughs> maybe maybe exactly that's just what. their term for it instead of that okay. they were actually doing the theme song. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's not the theme song. No, <laughs> it's no, definitely it's not. not. It's the farthest thing from it. So yeah. Um, all right. So Timothy Grimothy. Without further ado, you oh, are shit. on the team this uh-huh. week, dude. Arino. Batter up. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I had it did have it narrowed down to two songs, um, but I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna scratch little fifteen. I that that was that's in my short list. I can see why. It, it, there's just it was it, that's one though that I actually started to like more as I as I dude, listened to it a bit more. It's funny, man, because when I was listening to it today and thinking like, oh, am I really gonna scratch it? And then I started listening. I'm like, ah, you know what? It, it, there is like a you know, there's something about it that maybe has started started to grow on me. So maybe if we revisit this album ever, I will have a different scratch. But I think, yeah, right now I'll have to scratch it. All right. That's fair. What you got? I, I think I would do I Want You Now. Okay. Um, it just, I, I get like the point of it and the feel and, and all that. But it just, it's just one of those ones that doesn't really do a lot for me and I could easily go right from behind the wheel to to having to hold okay All right. you know yeah so I that's that. that's my scratch and I'm sticking to it sticking to it yeah I for me it was kind of between little 15 and actually pimp um, just because I love nothing and I'm like I could end it there <laughs> yeah, I just there's some you know, and I think I would have said Pimp Two in the beginning, but once I listened to that concert and I heard him start the concert with that, I was like, man, that's pretty damn cool. Like, I, it, I I'm I'm into it, it now. It's it's a really it's a good song to like come out to. Yeah, uh, because because it's not even one that they probably. I don't. I mean, it was just like it's just kind of like the track. I think that they're playing. I don't think that they necessarily you know started playing it or started the recording and then they went out and started playing it or doing it themselves yeah. it was just kind of like you know the 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 way they opened the show kind of like uh you know when radiohead opened for okay computer they would just start playing fitter happier as they like walked yeah stage sure and then yeah go into i could song. see that so, i could see yeah. that Definitely. uh-huh 
I mean, if you were if you were gonna be a professional wrestler, that wouldn't be a terrible song to like. If you were, you know, that's you can your, do it. Yeah, you can do it. Well, maybe we should change our podcast to like podcast for the masses. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know, man. No, we still right. gotta we gotta stay on brand. Let's, let's, stay, let's stay on Pardon brand. Me, dude. Bless you. Yeah, bless that's you. A first. Stay on, stay on brand, my friend. So, well, having said that, I think it's about time we we wrap it up. Should we wrap yep. it up? All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to our episode on Music for the Masses. Uh, we highly recommend this album, as we highly recommend all our albums. If you know, if you guys are so inclined, check out some of our previous episodes because we got a lot. I think we're on thirty. I don't even know what this is. 36. And counting. We're, we're in the mid thirties and we got the whole rest of the year planned out. Yeah. And we're already, we're already making plans for 2021. So oh, uh, the, the new tab in the spreadsheet has been started. And I did actually add that covers face it, off he, in there while we were talking. He did. It's, it's, uh, you it's can good. see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't see it, but I knew you were doing it. So did yeah. you see today? Yeah. I was oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was awesome. I replied uh, back Google to Sheets. you. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Google Sheets. Well, on that note, on that note, people, the Dude and Grim, Scratch the Jack podcast, subscribe, follow, like, do all the other things that you can do on social media to get us more followers. All right. And scratch for all us, the, we'll scratch you back. Exactly. We can't wait to scratch you. All right. Peace out, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Till next time. Peace out. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore. That's dot 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 M O R E and the Tims T I M N Z. Copyright 2020. The Dude and Grim Show. Of course, the thing that is uh, occupying the foreground is nostalgia.